everybody to another episode of Teutonic Takes. Uh, we're going to be filming this on Twitter Spaces, so bear with us if you hear some people coming in and out. Um, welcome. I mean, this is we're getting close to the opening day, and it's in 12 days. It's Valentine's Day, so you know maybe your Valentine's wishes come true today with a new DP, but uh, how you guys doing? Um, well, actually, let me introduce you guys because um, a lot of you guys maybe don't know um, who Jason is here, but uh, Jason, what's up, man? You're from the First Touch podcast or the First hey, Touch man. space. Um, you recently joined Titanic Takes. Um, what's up, man? How you doing? Good, good. How about you, man? I'm excited to join Titanic Takes. You know, I usually made my name around the national team, but I'm also from the Bay Area and I'm a, I'm a big um, Earthquakes fan, you know. Um, season yep. ticket holder for the upcoming year, you know, I'm excited to go. Looks like the team is, is growing and, uh, yeah, excited to get the season started. Awesome. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you on board. Thank you for, for helping us with uh, these Twitter spaces. And we're going to be doing them more normally. So I know we don't have anybody here right now, but if you guys hear this and want to join after the games, we're going to go ahead and do some after the games as well. Saz, what's up, man? Welcome again. Yeah, good to see you. Good as always. Yeah. So Saz is from the Aftershock SJ podcast. So he w- goes ahead and uh, he does all this stuff for them. And he makes those short videos that you know and love on Instagram. So definitely give him give him a shout. Um, but yeah, guys, I mean, interesting days. We got a third DP. I never thought we were going to see the days under Matias Almeida. Jason, what's your first thoughts on, on the move? You know, I'm just I'm excited that they got a good player, in my opinion, you know. And that's ultimately the thing that matters in my, to me. And, you know, it, it might be viewed as like a reason – the reason they got him just because for backup for trophies, but at the same time, I, I still believe they got a good player. I'm excited to see how Matias uses him because I'm not sure how he's going to fit within the new formation that they've been trying in training. But um, I'm still I'm still excited because we got a good player. So yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely excited too. I think it's something that's going to be needed. I mean, I'm all for more DPS. I mean, if we don't have to you know, pay a, a transfer fee to bring him in. And his transfer fee was, was definitely expensive. Um, it was something around the $3 million range. So we got this guy for, uh, you know, at most 750K, which is a steal, really. I mean, one of the most productive people in MLS the last couple of years and supposedly didn't want to be in Philly. So we definitely got a steal on that end. Saz, what are your first thoughts on the DP trade? Uh, I'm really glad it is a MLS talent. Uh, the last couple signings we made in previous years have all been either ex Liga Mekis or ex Almeida play, uh, players, and it's really been 50-50 on some of them. Some of them have been great for us. I feel like Ramadi has really shown his way, but then we had the Carlos Fierros and the Rioses of the world that I wouldn't say are fan favorites by any uh, <laughs> stretch of the imagination. So I really think it was good to get someone that's been around the block, kind of knows how the league works. And then like we said uh, in one of your t- or like you said in one of your tweets, the whole trophies coverage thing in case he doesn't stay after the six months. I think that's a great coverage. And I think adding more midfielders actually is a good solution to some of our problems. Because as much as I loved our defensive play and some of the offensive stuff we got from trophies, we had about zero build-up play through our midfield last year. It was always send it long or hope our forwards can kind of start to do something that really affected our shot creation. I, and I, think Yule's going to be playing a lot of center back this year, and I think Judson might slip on over to right back for a few games. So I think this rotation will be good for us. Yeah, definitely, especially I mean, bringing in guys. <laughs> at the, looking at this roster wasn't a bad thing anyway, so because we needed guys. So it's something where uh, I think we all win. Um, the cover for trophies is the, the glaring thing that I see coming. I think... I just I just talked to uh, Quake's uh, PR, Jake, and he said the way it works is trophy situation. He comes off the books once he's off his loan, so he still counts as a DP this year. So that's officially three DPs until the summer comes. If we don't re-sign trophies, then it becomes where we need to go ahead and fill in that third DP role. But amazingly, this is the first time we had three DPs under Almeida. It's almost like... It's like too little, too late, right? I mean, we should have done this from the start. I don't know why we didn't. This, it just to me, it seems like Chris Leach knows what he's doing compared to Jesse Farinelli because he's been around the league, he's been here before, he knows there's talent. But in the same vein, three, four years ago, five years ago, this wasn't possible. DPs that were coming in for three million 
you know, dollars weren't being traded for less than a, a million gams. So, again, what do you, Jason, what do you think about this this team? What do you think, like, 3DPs under Almeida is going to look like? Yeah, I think it's, you know, I'm hoping for the best because, you know, Montero, I've been reading a little bit about him and, you know, talking to some Philly Union fans. He's not, you know, he's not the guy that's, that has, like, one talent that pops off the chart. He's just good at everything, you know. And like you said, he's going to help him build out. And he's not going to be this creative presence that like a trophies, but he's just going to help you in all areas of the pitch. He's going to make you a better, a better, a, he's going to make you have a better team. And um, yeah, I think it's, it's very interesting because while you should, you said, you, as you said, you should have been, we should have deep three DPs a long time ago, but um, I, I'm just interested to see how it all looks and how, you know, how Matias uh, Almeida cooks all this all, all this together. And, yeah. Jason, what do you, who do you think is in the starting lineup now that, you know, Montero's here and then as well as young Grey Goose? I mean, these guys are two potential DPs that came in, into this midfield. What do you, yeah. you think is going to happen? I think it's interesting because of the formation change, um, I guess. And obviously, Yule is going to play as a center back. So it's interesting, in my opinion, because who plays in the midfield is the is the main question I have right now. And I would I would believe it's, in my opinion, I would put Montero, Remedy, and uh, it's a three five two, right? So yep. yeah, Montero, Remedy, and um, maybe that's the third. The third one I would put like Gregus or someone like that, someone of that sort. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to see how he fits it all together. Yeah, especially I mean, with with the like the talent, I thought our midfield was good last year, but I mean, look at this midfield now, right? I mean, guys that we got on the cheap, we got definitely great deals for. It's just it's just incredible that we were able to go ahead and and bring these guys in for such a you know such a great price. Saz, what I mean, what do you think about three DPS under Almeida? Do you think it's a little too late? What, what are you thinking? Uh, I think that's a great point you make about it being too late. I think it's, I think the reason it's just now happening has probably something to do with his talk show appearance he had over the summer, talking about how frustrated he is with the front office. Um, it and and that brings frustration to me as a fan, where I I trust Almeida, but it's also when this looks like it might be his last year, you would want this to be kind of a built project, like we were kind of promised, and now we've kind of restarted from the ground up, which I, I think is what we also needed. But it, it, that's, it just keeps going back and forth with our emotions. And then I see the preseason scores. And given we're probably not trying the hardest and we probably don't have our best lineups out and we're just trying different things. But when I see we're playing like fourth division teams, like some semi-pro teams, and in the first half they're scoring out, beat, they're beating us. And it's much like the Oakland Roots game of last year that was one of the few televised or non-closed games. And I just see these teams like, I don't want to say not getting destroyed, but not getting destroyed by us. It's it's frustrating to see. And like I was saying earlier, where we don't have like a midfield play, I think, and I know you didn't ask this for me, but at least for the formation, one thing I just, I think we should see is we shouldn't have a, these are our 11. I just don't <laughs> think we're providing that type of dominant play. And I, it's not that we don't have those players. I just haven't seen it from us. And obviously this preseason wasn't showing it based off the score lines. So I think it's just a next man up mentality. Yes, we'll have probably seven or eight that are pretty consistent, but I think defense first might be a very strong point when we're playing games like Seattle or LA. Like you might want to put some more experienced players like Salinas further back, have Espinosa drop a little bit deeper. And then in other games, we can explore our attacking creative options. It's all going to be about organization and working hard for me this season. Yeah, especially I mean, since we're gonna do a three-five-two, it looks like because Alex Morgan was going, um, he reported that from the preseason games that it looks like we're doing a three-five-two this year. And yeah, I'm excited to see how Calvo fits into that. I mean, a lot of guys were saying that Calvo was horrible in a two-back system, so in a three-back, maybe he's a little better. He has some cover from Nathan. Um, that could be a great pairing as well as Tanner Beeson back there. Um, I want to see where Marcos Lopez fits on this roster again. If we're going with the three-five-two, I don't understand where he's going to be if Cade's going to be the wingback, right? So it's something to definitely keep our eye on. Every spot on this team is not really a lock. I would say maybe one or two is, is truly a lock. Like, JT Marcinkowski is going to be 
going to be the starting goalkeeper and Jeremy Bobsey is going to be the starting striker. But everybody else, I have no idea who's going to be in the starting lineup. Um, Nathan, I would say, is a semi-lock. I mean, you'll see him somewhere out there. Um, and deservedly so, right? One of the best center backs in the whole league last year. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Jason, I know you said you talked to a couple of Philly fans about uh, Monteiro. What did they say about him? I know I read a couple of things where he wanted out of Philly. He wanted to be uh, a 10, and they were playing him as an 8. So a lot of Philly fans were saying that, you know, it's okay if we get rid of a locker room kind of headache in, in Montero. But what, what what did the Philly fans tell you? Yeah, they they loved them, but to a certain extent. You know, they have a great academy system, and they have guys coming up that were arguably are going to be better than him. And, you know, like Paxton Aronson, Quinn Sullivan, Jack McGlynn. And um, they were – they weren't – they obviously were sad to, to see a good player go, but they weren't the, the – you know, they weren't that frustrated because he was obviously – there was like a rough a rough spell with him in the Jim Curtin last season where he wasn't on the squad, rejoined the squad, and he was having trouble. He wanted to leave, obviously, as you said. But um, they he again, like I said, he's a good player. He's um, he'll help you in the build out. He'll this is what I was I was told by Philly fans. Um, he'll help you in the build out. He he, he shouldn't be like the main creator in your team because that that's much, too much responsibility on his on his plate. But like he he'll help in a lot of facets of your of your team. He'll just make you better. But now he doesn't have like one particular skill set that is like off the charts. Got it. Okay. Yeah, and I mean again, I just want to talk about just just the business on bringing these guys in was outstanding. I mean, these guys came into MLS on John Gray Goose came in with, for with the 2 million dollar transfer fee as well as um Montedo came in with a $3 million transfer fee. So it's just like, man, we really got these guys, one for free, and then the other one for 750000 at most, right? It's Right now it's at 550000 because the international spot is valued at around two hundred fifty k. So we did give, give up an international spot plus two hundred k or two hundred fifty k, and then with 200 um, incentives on top of it. So if he fills out those incentives, at the most it can be seven hundred and fifty k valuation. Um but yeah, I mean, I thought it was a great deal of business. Again, we don't we don't get DPS. Imagine getting three DPS like this five years ago. No way. And unfortunately, as much as we all like Jesse Fiorinelli and the type of nice guy he was, he wasn't using every single possible route in MLS to get talent to San Jose. I mean, we all know. We all know it. I mean, it's this. It's not. It's not a you know a secret. We're we're not the biggest spenders in MLS. So. Let's accept it like Chris Leach is doing and get the talent that we feel like could help improve this team. And, and I feel like this offseason is the first offseason I've actually seen the Quakes be somewhat ambitious with within MLS. Right. So I, I know a lot of us can give a lot of, you know, anger towards the FO and not not going ahead and being ambitious. But Chris Leach is definitely bringing the ambition with this latest move to fill out all three DP spots. Um, Saz. What do you think about the change between Chris Leach and, and Jesse Fiorinelli? I know you've been a fan for quite a while, but like, does it feel like a breath of fresh air? Uh, I mean, it's a yes and no. Yes, on the fact of like you said, like I can't imagine all these signings five years ago, right? It's, I mean, part of this offseason felt like a regular offseason. Oh, we're signing 18 people that look like they just came back from prom, right? right. And then we don't see <laughs> from half of them. And then. Some of them go to a USL team and some of them here, some of them there. And in this last year or so, we've had, again, hit or misses on some of these other league signings. But yeah, it's been really a breath of fresh air in the sense of at least we're looking to make moves. At least we're trying to make things. And at times, some of them can look like, and at least is my concern, maybe it's just looking to appease us. Like, maybe this, why wasn't this here earlier? Why does Almeida have to make all these giant comments of, like, look at what big of buffoons we are before these big things can happen. And I don't want to say, like, I want to wait to see how everyone is because that's kind of annoying to do. Be like, oh, well, yeah, of course it was a great signing. Look how good they're all, all are. Terrible signings. Look how bad they are. Mm. So I, I'd i like to see another defensive signing just because, like, I, I'm worried about the depth there right now because Beeson's due for a thigh injury at some point in the season. Nathan's going to get 85 yellows within the first two games. <laughs> So it, I want some more depth there, but 
if he's listening to Almeida, I'm yes, I, it is a breath of fresh air. It's really nice to see. Yeah, it seems like maybe this move is to save. I don't know. Save their their if they're in a playoff hunt and they can't secure Chofis Lopez to a you know a full contract. They have he you know they they have uh, Monteiro to step in that spot and and to take over. Um, but no, I I truly think it's it's something where Saz, can I ask you um, if we sign the draft the draftee that we that we drafted as a center back, would you be okay with that being the last signing? Oh, 1 million percent. Yeah, I want that to be the, yeah, yeah. I want the defenders on there. And then, even then, I, I think send the rest of them to the Quakes too. I think that's MLS Next Pro. I I think that is what's really going to help us if we use it right. And now if it becomes another money scam for MLS to rack in a few more dollars and then Quakes don't use it like we've used everything else where it's just kind of like, well, oh, we'll make signings when we need to to appease people, but whatever. That's annoying, but if we actually use it like a reserve league and we use it to build up younger players, we could be a really big threat in just five years. Yeah, well, the Quakes 2, so the Quakes 2 is actually a very, very eye-opening situation for the Quakes situation here. Um, Just because, you know, the owner didn't have to pay for it because it's all out of pocket. I mean, there's owners in MLS that haven't signed up for it. So the Quakes 2 is showing that there is some sort of investment into this team. Even if we don't see the big splashy signings and we don't see all the things we want to see, like the Patos coming into the league, the Douglas Costas. I mean, it's still showing some sort of investment, which is nice. I mean, I think, I think all the guys personally, this is what I truly think. I think all the guys that we've signed like Nico and Buddha, those guys are all going to be first team guys. And then the second team guys are either going to be trialists, or MLS guys, academy guys, it won't be the guys that we already announced. Unless it's like coming back from an injury, like let's say Buddha, you know, sprains his ankle and needs to get at, back up to, you know, game time fitness. Jason, what do you think about Earthquakes 2? I know we haven't heard you from a little bit, but what do you think of Earthquakes 2? You know, I'm a big fan of it because, you know, I think I'm, I think one of Earthquakes has one of the, you know, it, its academy system is growing and it's one of the best in the nation, in my opinion. It has a bunch of, um, you know, kids that are around 15, 16, around that age right now. But in a couple of years, you know, with time in Quakes 2, you know, time spent in uh, MLS Next and them growing, you know, slowly but surely, I think they could they could definitely present something to the first team with it, with guys like Cruz Medina. You know, Nico was signed this year. Mm-hmm. And um, Alejandro Cano is another one of my favorites in the in the academy pro, in the academy system. You know, I think there's a lot of potential within Quakes and especially the the academy system because they have some names and they're this is a big area for 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 development and the the youth, in my opinion, here in the Northern California. Yeah, they especially def- yeah. especially if they get to train with the first team, right? Which which the earthquake yeah. will earthquakes too will. So that's a big step up. Compared to what they used to have to do, right? Where they trained in, in Reno and the travel time. And, and Almeida didn't want to send guys up there because it was too much of a you know a hassle for them to come back down and, and be integrated with the real team. And it's, it's, it's really going to be good for this team. And it seems like it's just all coming a little too late. Like next year, Matias Almeida can qualify for the Liga MX's uh, nation. Is it Nation League? Uh, Jason, if the Liga MX uh, kind of tournament that they have with mls uh the, the name is escaping me but uh, leagues cup leagues, leagues cup. cup that's right leagues cup so what if we qualify for the leagues cup and matias almeida isn't there to play against chivas for the earthquake so it's it just seems super weird to me that we're doing all of this just a little little too late Saz, what do you think about the the earthquakes too and uh what do you think about this academy that's coming up and i mean what about kid cal getting his bag right what do you think about that kid cal finally getting paid um, it's nice to see that our guys are, are getting their money. Uh, I'm about to sound like the biggest hypocrite in the world because the last seven times I've been on with you, I've been complaining about how the front office is just looking for money and not talent. So uh, <laughs> my answer is actually, if we're going to have an on- as much fun as it is to say, oh, Quakes this, Quakes that, if we're going to have an honest conversation about the future of the Quakes and what the MLS is, MLS isn't going to be complete competing with Barcelona anytime in the near future and are going to be competing with all these big European teams. However, there 
we have found in the recent years, especially that there is an untapped gold mine here. We see players coming from here at 17, 16 and leaving and going, being world stars, Alfonso Davies, Brendan Aronson, all these big names coming from here. Ricardo Pepe just made a transfer move. So I think with MLS 2, we start there. You kind of integrate it into your academy. That way there's something to build up to. And you develop really good guys. Because uh, I'm going to get the numbers wrong here. But I think it's the U17 youth national team right now has six uh, San Jose Earthquake products right now, which I think is the most of any MLS club. I could be getting that wrong, but it's at least in the ballpark I know. And if you build those talents, we're not getting the big names. We, we aren't spending the money. We don't have the money. And I just don't think we have the attractions that New York, Chicago, Miami, and L.A. have. Mm. But if we build these big names like Seattle have, like uh, Sporting Kansas have, and we just build these big squads of products, people are going to either want to come to that or it becomes we become the gold mine where European teams are like, like, oh, that's San Jose squad. They always got a good kid coming here once or twice. And we could ship off the Cape Cows. We could ship off uh, whoever is coming through, Buddha, uh, some Nico. of the others. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And yes, I want to keep on to them. And yes, I want to play them. But if we're selling them and we're proven to be a good academy, just more pe- it's going to bring in more people to want to come and play for our academy versus the LA academies versus the other ones. And we're going to get a bunch of homegrowns, which will save us money. And then we can spend on other players. And it's just going to create a good squad all around. It's going to create good options. But we have to great create a good home base first. And I think that's what's really good about the MLS too for us, if we use it right. Yeah, if we use it correctly, it's definitely going to be able to get a lot of guys some minutes. Guys that wouldn't really get minutes. I mean, the most important part is, for me, it, when you're a player, like, you get to play at the stadium or at least be, in, you know, intertwined with the main team. So it's going to feel more connected. You're going to feel the message from the coach more. You're, it's going to feel like you're actually a part of the team, which – you know, it's going to make you feel like you don't need to go off and get a trial in, in Europe and, and, you know, sign for one of their teams as a walk-on. You can maybe stay in MLS, get a good contract, a homegrown contract, and then after two years of balling out like Cade Cal, you get paid, which is, honestly, it's a great message to all of the young players in this academy, and it's a great message to all the young players that are playing youth soccer. If you, if you, you know, do your due diligence, you, you go ahead and, and play well, you will get paid by your MLS squad. Uh, I just hope Kid Cal didn't spend it all in one place yet. So, <laughs> but I, you know, good on him for for getting that bag and and he deservingly so. But it, it's not going to be a big cap it because MLS also introduced the new incent, um, a new kind of rule where it's like a DP tw- uh, under twenty two. So it's it's something where Kid Cal is only going to be one hundred fifty k on the cap it, and as well as Marcos Lopez only a two hundred k cap it, which was reported by Jamin Moore and. Again, these guys are, are, are great guys, and we get to keep them around. Uh, the one that scares me a little bit is Marcos Lopez being on the last year of his deal. If, if he's not going to re-sign in the next six months, then we need to offload him before he's able for a free. Because if he's off for a free, that guy's not looking back. No way. There's no way that guy's you know balling out for Peru, and he's not going to go to a La Liga team you know in the mid-table. So it's just unfortunate if we can't get a uh, transfer fee for him. But Jason, I have you here. Um, what I know this is an earthquakes thing, but what new signing are you most worried for as an earthquakes fan? Um, I'm to be honest with you, I kind of most worried about Calvo if that mm. he might be yeah, more, yeah like the most known, but Calvo he it's just I don't know how he's gonna fit with the team. You know that's mm. how, that's just my question. Um, in Chicago, I've heard that he was. He wasn't as committed, you know. When he when he was on, he was one of the best center backs in the league. But when he wasn't, he he flopped majorly. Like it looked like he didn't really care, and that's my fear with him in San Jose. You know, it's a World Cup year, which you know he's gonna be he's gonna want to be on that team and Costa Rica, and you know they're fighting for a spot to be to be in the World Cup. So he's probably gonna still give it his all for for San Jose just to be in top tier form. But you know, I I still have my doubts about that signing, especially with the the amount of money he's making. Yeah, and especially because, you know, he's he's. I mean, I I said the news, and everybody was just like hurt, like clowning on him. So he definitely doesn't have the best reputation as a new earthquake. But Jason, what about like in the league? 
So let's say like someone else that they they brought into the league. Who do you think is going to cause the Quakes some problems? Um, I don't know. I think Douglas Costa. I mean, he's not within you know within the state of California. I like the Douglas Costa signing with uh, LA Galaxy. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of big signings that is probably a lot of big signings within the league. It felt like it was the best off season as a as an entire league. You know, Shakiri, Insigne. Douglas Costa, like I previously previously said, you know, there are a bunch of guys that Caden Clark, you know, I I'm a big fan of Caden Clark. We play him in the season opener. I feel that's a guy who I feel like we could we only face him once, I believe, but I feel like he can do some damage to the Quakes. Mm. Um, yeah, guys like that. Yeah, that, I was actually shocked about that Caden Clark uh, transfer back into the league because they they gave up. Yeah, so let me put this in perspective, guys. They gave up almost the same amount as we did to bring in Montero to this team. So they paid $575,000 to bring Caden Clark back to Red Bulls. We got this brand new player for almost the same price. So again, this business that Chris Leach did was insane. I mean, I like even Philly fans were like, dude, like what's going on? Like, why is this guy sold? Why did this guy sell for so cheap? Um, Saz, what about you, man? What what interleague signing are you most worried about as a Quakes fan, or which are you most excited about? Um, I'm not really worried about any of them because it's not really any of Almeida's ex players, and now that we have a lot more options, it's it's uh, it looks like it's going to be fun to play with. I'm actually well, I, I don't want him to have his favorites like he did last year. I'm hoping. I love a coach that backs his players, but I don't want it to take half a season of costing us games for you to switch something out. Uh, I'm actually very excited for Calvo. Um, yeah, like you said, as soon as it was announced, people were clowning on him, calling him the young worth of Chicago, and Chicago fans are saying sorry. I mean, a new change of scenery could really help people, and if he's bad, he's bad. But again, I think that's a position we really need depth. He's able to play center back and right back, which I think is just amazing for us. That's what we really need a center back and a right back. Uh, not even just for stars, just for depth. Uh, like I said, Beeson's going to get injured. Nathan's going to have some yellow cards. Right back is a little bit of a funky position for us right now. Uh, and then I guess scared as far as I like, yeah, that Douglas Coast is signing just because I, I, I like going to the Stanford game every year to celebrate. And like, it's obviously it's much better when the earthquakes win, just a feeling in the stadium. And like, I was feeling pretty good about it. We usually just match up well against some of the Stanford games, but Imagine Douglas Costa running down the left wing against our right back situation in the current league where we just don't know if there's a solid right back for us or a certified right back that's going to play game in and game out. It's uh, That's the scariest for me. Yeah, especially if it's Christian Espinosa on that right back or the right wing back. Imagine Douglas Costa going up uh, against Christian Espinosa. I actually would be fine with that if they put just more like Espinosa, you're a workhorse, put it there, or if they want to put Salinas there. It's more my concern if – like and Tommy Thompson's my guy. If they put him there, because I think going forward, I think Tommy going forward is lethal. But defensively, I just against Douglas Costa might be a bit much. Paul Marie will get exposed to. I just that's where I get a little worried. Yeah, and guys, if if you guys are listening right now and you wanted to, you know, chime in some thoughts, just ask to be a speaker. We can go ahead and let you come in and speak, no problem. Um, or if you want to go ahead and ask a question, please, please go ahead and click on your name and become a speaker. Yeah, I mean, Douglas Costa is the one for me too. I think that guy is going to come in and he, he can either be one of the biggest flops in MLS history or he can be one of the best MLS players in history. So it's definitely going to be, you know, a really, really mixed bag of what type of defenders or what type of attackers come against us. And, you know, thinking about this new formation in the three-five-two, one person that actually gets really pushed out, in my opinion, is like you said, Saz, I know he's your guy, but Tommy Thompson, like, man, he really just went down the depth chart in, in the midfield as well as in the defense. So, like, where does this guy fit in this team? Like, I don't know if, we, if we're going to go with this 3-5-2 this whole time or we're going to switch it up to man marking sometimes. But, man, Tommy Thompson's really kind of getting pushed out of this squad. Saz, I know you probably want to get chime in. Yeah, 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 that's my guy. Uh, I, I agree and disagree. Uh, to a certain extent, I agree with the whole falling down the chart, uh, especially as an attacking option. And even though I wanted to see him play attacking mid a few times last year, get up for us a little bit more. Now with all these new signings, I think that are just pure forwards. Uh, let maybe don't put him there, but I was 
begging last year for him to heal up quickly when we decided to switch to the three back. Because I think that's I think that's the formation that suits him the best. He only I mean he injured his shoulder early in the season, was out for large majority of it, got to play as a sub in the three back, thought he did excellent. Then he had the thigh injury that took him out for another month and a half. So we didn't really get to see much of Tommy Thompson. But I think in this three-back formation, if it's not a game where we're looking to be super defensive or pure attack, where it's either Salinas on the right because we want the defense or super forward pressing so we want uh, Espinoza, I think Tommy Thompson is going to light people up on that right side because that way he doesn't have to be the main defender and get exposed, but doesn't have to super commit to forward. He gets to be creative and attack for us. The only thing that would scare me a little bit is I like him on that right side with Espinoza because Espinoza running straight and then him creating is a deadly combo. But I think he'll partner up great with people. So if we're playing the three back, I actually think Tommy should be one of our top two options on that right side. Yeah, um, yeah, Trophy is definitely. I don't. I wouldn't trust him on the defensive side. So I, I can definitely see Espinoza being the top of the depth chart there. And then yeah, you're right. Tommy Thompson maybe being second or Paul Marie being second there. Um, it truly depends on, you know, what, what um, Matias Almeida is going to go with. And Jason, I know we're, we're looking at wrapping this up or, or somewhat finishing. Uh, what is your starting lineup if everything stays the same? I know we're thinking about maybe a 3-5-2. So who would you start in this lineup? So I, for me, I would go with Marcinkowski. Okay. I Obviously, I goalkeeper. Um, I would go with, you know, for me, in the three back, it's uh, it's a question of obviously Yule's going to start in the as a middle center back, I believe. So I would I would put him there as well, and um, I'd put Calvo as a left sided center back, and then Nathan because I don't want to leave Nathan out. And obviously you love uh, you know he was talking how much about he loves um Thompson, and I I love him too, but I I don't I don't think I should drop Nathan for him. I don't feel that way, and uh, yeah. So I would then I would put. Um, Nathan as the right side of center back, I would put, um, yeah, that's, this is the part where I, I don't know where, what to put in the midfield. Like, yeah, I right. have struggle, I have struggles with that. Um, what do you guys think in the midfield? Yeah. So for me, I mean, in the midfield, I'm going to go with on the left wing back side. I want to put Cade Cowell there, but I just need to put Marcos Lopez in this lineup. There's no way I don't put him in this lineup. So I have to put Marcos Lopez on that left wing back spot. And then going centrally, I'm going to have Jan Gregus on that spot alongside Montero. And then Chofis Lopez as the 10. And then Christian Espinosa on the right. That's what it is for me. Saz, what do you think on the midfield? Uh, before I start, I need to give a shout out to someone in chat right now. Uh, I think his name's Ryan Goodwin. He has the funniest uh, avatar or just like screensaver I have seen. I've I've been laughing the last five minutes. And I just saw it. Um, but uh, yeah, no, for the midfield, uh, it's it's tough for me. I think Chofis has absolutely earned his spot. I would actually really like to see at least one, a few games of a combination of Ramady and uh, Grey Goose, because I've heard Grey... I haven't seen it, so I, I just am trusting him by ear of word. I've heard Grey Goose has quite a good delivery on set pieces, and Ramady is incredible at winning set pieces for us, so that could be a good combo for us. And then if you put Benji in the lineup too, someone that can actually get up and maybe win some headers for us, Espinosa is willing to be aggressive with it, that could be a good combo at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so funny because we finally have some depth Jason, after hearing our options, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, Espinosa on the right. I, I think I don't – I'd love to see Cowell in the top as one of those top two strikers. Mm. So I don't think he's like I, – I don't think the fit at left wing back is as bad as it first – like when you first think about it. But I'd still love to see him as one of those top two strikers. And that would put – I don't think – I don't feel comfortable with dropping uh, Lopez as well. Yeah. So, yeah, and I would also like to see a combination of Gregus and uh, Remedy in the middle since Yule is going to be playing like middle center back. So, and then either Trophies or Montero as a 10, which it's a toss-up for me. It doesn't really matter with who. <laughs> do you guys think Do you guys think because Montero wanted out of out of Philly because he wasn't playing the 10 role, you think that we're if we're not going to start him, you think he's going to be bad? So, 
definitely, I think he has to be in the lineup because he's our DP, right? We can't have, I mean, I mean, actually we could have a DP come off the bench if he comes in that cheap because the guy came in very cheap. So it's, it's, I guess the guy's cheaper than Carlos Fierro and he's like five times more productive. So it's definitely something where if he is off the bench, man, that's a great bench piece to have. And Benji Kakanovich is another person we are all forgetting about because it's like, Man, he had such a great season, but it's like, ah, Cade Cal, Benji Kakanovich, and Jeremy Bobzy, all three of them fighting for two spots, and you truly want all three of them up there. But if it's like if it's a three-five-two, like where they're saying, you know, it's gonna be tough to kind of put all three of them up there. I would one day like to see kind of like a a, a trident of Benji Kakanovich, you know, Jeremy Bobzy, and Cade Cal. I think that would be an awesome kind of three up top. Um, but who do, who do you guys have as starting strikers? I know, uh, Jason, we haven't got there, but I think you kind of said Cade Cal a little bit. So Cade Cal and Jeremy Bobasi for you? Yeah. 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 I mean, that's, I think a lot of fans are feeling that way. Saz, what do you think for the striker position? It's a, it's just for me, I can't not have Benji in there. It, I went to almost every single home game last year and I'd say after the, before, if it, if we're talking, if we're just talking last season, and we're looking at All Star break, before Kate Cal needs to be in the starting lineup, ten out of ten games. If we're talking All Star break and after, I just it's not that I saw a regression of Kate Cal, but it was, let me just run long, let me not use my left foot, let me do this, let me do that. It it just Ben and Benji was so productive for us at the end of the season. I know like last four games didn't really mean anything, but. I just felt like he was winning battles. He was being a present for us. He was linking up play. He was scoring goals left, right, and center. Maybe I have a bit of bias because, like, wherever I decided to sit also was where his family was sitting. So it was like, <laughs> extra loud cheering for him every time I went to a game. But it was, yeah, I think Benji was just so prevalent for us. And the other one, it, it's, it's, I think that depends on the game. If we're looking for more link up play, I think Abobasi was really good at being in the center and connecting off for us. If I think if we're looking for more running gun, I think that's Espinoza. I think he would do really well at striker for us if we're just playing over the top balls. Him one on one is one of the best players in the league during the MLS's back tournament. That's why we did so well, is because we were getting him in those one on one situations. And I, I like Cade coming in off the wing more than I do at striker. Mm. Um, so that that'd be my little tier list for that. So so what do you guys have then? I mean. I guess it's going to be tough. Uh, guys, if you guys are joining now, feel free to ask to speak. If you want to chime in or go ahead and ask a question, please feel free to, to give your opinion. Uh, this is kind of like this open forum we're doing nowadays. Uh, so please, again, yeah, I mean, this, again, this depth chart's going to be so weird because we all knew that Benji Kikanovic had Matias Almeida's trust and he trusted him to go ahead and get the goals. And Benji Kikanovic found ways to get goals in that you wouldn't have thought would have gone in. It's like, Man, Andy Rios could have put a goal in like that many times, but he just never did. And Benji found a way to get the ball in the back of the net. Uh, we have Jay in here. I know Jay is our uh, LA Galaxy insider at um, yeah at, at Area Sports Network. And I wanted to see if he wanted to talk a little bit about Douglas Costa and how he feels about him. Because, again, I know the Galaxy is our enemy, but we should definitely know about their possibly new best player coming in. Um, but, yeah. I feel like this depth chart is something where it's uh, really up in the air. But for me, it's like, do you want Marcos Lopez in this lineup? Or do you want Cade Cowell in this lineup? Or can you find both? J- Jason, can you can you go ahead and, and see if you could find both in the lineup? Yeah, there's definitely. I mean, like, you know, how Saz said, um, Cade Cowell kind of tailed off once he, you know, he at the beginning of the year, once he, he, he was started off in great form, but he tailed off, you know, I wouldn't mind you know him coming off the, as a bench because I went to the game in uh, in the Cali Classico and he looked amazing off the bench. You know I wouldn't mm-hmm. mind putting him on the bench. You know especially for a guy like uh, for Benji. Yeah, I mean we're gonna need someone to you know do the hold up play like Saz was saying and Benji was doing a phenomenal job. But if Jeremy Bobsey can kind of do that this this year, I know last year was a little shell shock from that you know concussion. So if he's feeling back to normal, maybe Benji. Rides the bench a little bit longer for Jeremy Bobsey. Jay, I, uh, we have you as a speaker now. Uh, we're, we wanted to talk a little bit about Douglas Costa and what you thought. What do you think of him as a as a Galaxy player? Um, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting. It's um, I don't think that fans expected 
that to be the guy that they eventually signed. Mm. Uh, because there's a lot of other rumors, and I guess some some fans were hopeful that they could make uh, Pavon happen, but um, I don't know because he's been injured a lot last season with Grêmio. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it really depends if he can stay healthy. Um, I think he brings uh, he can bring something to the team that it, it was kind of lacking uh, last season. Uh, they didn't really have any wingers that could uh, beat their man one v one. So, um, what what about Cabral? I mean, Cabral was really fast, right? But he couldn't. Yeah. Put him back in that. Uh, a lot of things that 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 um, you know, like the whole adjust adjusting to the new league, uh, the new country. Um, you know, he's still a young kid too, so like his body's still maturing, his body's still growing. So, I mean, from what Greg Vanny says, he's gotten a lot stronger this season. Um, he looks faster than him. He mm. feels more comfortable with the team. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hard for a kid. If you if you sign a DP contract and, you know, you're thrown into the, 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 the woods, like they say, and, you know, you don't live up to your contract, which they paid, you know, a pretty good, decent amount of money for him. I think it was like close to six million. Oh wow! Yeah. So, um, so I mean, people expected him to be like a game changer, you know? Right. And it was kind of hard for for kids to 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 come and uh, just do that right off the bat. Yeah, so, no, definitely. Uh, so J- uh, Jay, have you found out about our new signings, or have you been following up with the Quakes signing today? Um, no, I, I, that's why right. I, I tuned in to see what, what, <laughs> what you guys got uh, going on over there. No worries. No worries. Yeah. So I was going to ask maybe what, what's the kind of the sentiment around the, the galaxy camp about Montero coming into the quakes. I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, like I, <laughs> I didn't really know too much about him. I mean, I, I find myself as a big MLS fan and um, yeah, it's yeah. kind of like that unspoken hero in Philly just kind of, you know, not getting the praise. I mean, you see, you saw Aronson get the praise. You saw Jack McGlynn get the praise, but yeah. you never heard too much about Montedo. So was there anything about like, oh, snap, they got Montedo or nothing that you saw? Um, not not that I saw. Like, I think um, like, like the Galaxy fans are so like concerned with the with our own team right now because it's mm. like the seasons that they've had, they're, I mean, they've looked good in preseason, but I don't know what you can take from that. It's preseason, um, right? Yeah, it's it's mostly just uh, like a wait and see kind of feeling with the team and like the season as a whole. Perfect. I appreciate you coming on, Jay, and, and giving us a little bit of insight of the galaxy. Thank you. No, no problem, bro. All right. So yeah, guys. Uh, again, if you guys want to ask and chime in, please feel free to speak. You know, ask to speak, and we can definitely let you speak. Uh, Jason Saz. Anything you want to get off your chest about this season? Anything that you feel like needs to be talked about? We'll start with Jason. You know, at this point, you know, I'm just ready to get the game started, you know, man. Yeah. I'm um, yeah, just uh, excited to see how this team looks with the uh, 3DPs and uh, just ready to get it rolling. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's going to be an exciting season. We finally have 3DPs, guys. I mean, it's something that to be excited about. And, and I know Matias Almeida might have one foot out the door or it seems like that way, but at the end of the day, we still have him for this year. I mean, the Quakes ownership is not going to fire him because he has too, too much of an expensive contract and he's not going to leave because he's not probably going to get the best offers right now. So it's in everybody's best case that they do well this season. So it's really a one, one way street to the MLS cup or we, you know, crash and burn off, off, off the road. Uh, Saz, do you have anything you want to get off your chest and talk about this team or any concerns? Or I know you talked a little bit about the right back or a, a, a center back that you want to go ahead and bring in, but what, what would you say is your tectonic take of this year? Or what do you, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, yeah, I got a few, I guess I'll make quick points of things I want to get off my chest. Uh, the number one thing that's bugging me, uh, anyone who's been to the stadium on the standing room section where right next to the bar, if the earthquakes decide that they want to make that, like there's like three sections to that. 
the far right is for like the drum line where like it's like the like other side of the ultras like those guys are sick and then it's like all the peasants aka me and my friends that pay like five dollars for tickets we all stand there it's really annoying when they block off that section for vips and instead of letting 55 people stand in one area they have three seats for people so if they could oh, not yeah. do that that would be great um anyone in here that has a question i'm gonna give myself a little self promo right now if anyone in here has a question and they were too just nervous to talk or didn't really know how to formulate it yet you can go to aftershock sj on social media we answer fan questions on each podcast and we make a little post about it where you can leave them if you want to leave anything there and then also at game days if you ever see me this is my little icon this is what i look like uh, i have blonde hair now uh, i'll be doing pre-game interviews as well if anyone wants to be interviewed on what they think for the game yeah yeah definitely go check out saz uh, he'll be he'll be asking you know like like kind of like fan TV right so like San San Jose fan TV something that that's gonna be doing. Uh, yeah, so definitely there's there's a lot to be excited about this season, guys. Um, I think I don't know, but I still think there's one or two moves that are gonna come in. I have a feeling where we we're gonna need to you know get something in with that back line, and guys, we are getting better. Like this roster is looking more full. But at the same time, we got teams bringing Douglas Costa and Insigne. So as the earthquakes are getting better, the whole league is getting better. So we have to kind of take everything with a grain of salt. Yeah, we have 3DPs. And Colorado made, you know, the Western Conference semifinals without a DP. So kind of it kind of impressive if if they if they, if they still haven't had three DPs or like I even think we're doing better business than Colorado, to be honest, if we're getting these DPs that, you know, maybe didn't live up to their potential this last couple of years or, like, or they wanted out. We're finding good homes for them in San Jose, like John Gregus and Monteiro and maybe Calvo as well. Maybe he's he's in a World Cup year, like Jason said, and he turns it all around. So, very interesting time. Uh, Jason, who, who do you think is going to be your MVP of the season? MVP? You know, um, do we tra- I'm just going to go and say Monteiro because I've – I've I've been you know I've been brought in with uh with some of the Philly fans and what they've been telling me so I'm just gonna say Montero and go bold. Yeah, that's 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 pretty interesting. I mean, he definitely has something to prove. He has something that he's a superstar in this league, and he he believes that. And we felt like uh, Philly fans were saying that he wasn't really appreciated. They found his burner. I don't know if you guys saw that, but they were finding Montero's burner, and um and they they kind of I don't know. I felt like the burner was like very kind of like self-aware or at least like very snappy. So the locker room headache does kind of seem like it could be him. Um, but Saz, who do you think your MVP of the season for the Quakes will be? Uh, well, we don't figure out the defense, potentially JT. <laughs> but I would, I would absolutely love for it to be a Ford like and not just for the sake of we've scored seven goals all season and they they've scored five of them, but just for the sake of we have some maybe offense flowing. Yeah, I I think it's going to be interesting. I feel like the for me, I think the MVP of this season could be Cade Cal. I think since he got that new money, he's going to want to make a statement in this league. I feel like he's going to want to go to Europe. I think he, seeing all the guys leave this year maybe makes him try even harder to be something bigger than he was last year. So I we could definitely see Cade Cal being the MVP of this season. Um, who do you think scores the most goals, Jason? Who do you think has the highest goal tally without Wando this year? We're going to need that big goal scorer. So who do you think that's going to be? You know, I, I would hope it's a Bobasi. But, um, yeah, I, I, th- I want it to be a Bobasi, you know. But um, we'll see. I think uh, – you know, Kikanovic, has, as you said previously, you know, he's going to – hopefully he has a big year, but uh, I'm just going to go with the Bobasi for now. Perfect, perfect. And Saz, who do you think is going to have the highest goal total? It's so hard to tell before the season because, you again, like I don't know who's going to be blackballed this year and who's going to be a, a darling angel in the lineup. But I'm we, Well, we all know Hodge is going to stay in the doghouse probably. Yeah, for real. God, yeah, <laughs> we didn't even talk about him today. Yeah, no, I'm a big Hodge fan too. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Big Benj. Cool, cool, Benji. All right. I like that. Cade's a close second, and Chofis is a close third, but I'm going to go with Big Benj. 
I like that. I like that. So, hey, what's up, Eli? Come, come on in. And what do you have to say? What do you have to get off your chest? I know maybe you want to speak about something. Um, please, please go ahead and feel free, Eli. Hey, guys. Uh, just a question for you. I know we're all expecting, you know, Chelsea's probably not coming back after the summer transfer or like, you know, him not coming back from his loan. And what yeah. what would he have to do in your guys' opinion for for like uh, basically to force the Quakes hand to, to try and sign him? Or do you think that's like not going to happen at all? Yeah, great question, actually. That's awesome. Thank you, Eli. Um, yeah, personally, this is this is going to be kind of unorthodox, but I, I think he has to convince Almeida to stay. <laughs> or he, he, has to, he has to get Chris Leach to like Almeida enough where, you know, I think they're a package deal. I truly think no matter how many goals Chofis Lopez puts in, it's going to be like, oh, it's because Matias Almeida was here. So do we really trust him if Matias Almeida is gone? Jason, Saz, do you have, you know, anything you want to say about that? Uh, I 100% agree with what you say, and I've actually kind of had this theory for a while. I have a feeling we're off, we're going to, unless he really bums up the first half of the season, I really think we're offloading like about four or five of the kids to MLS 2, and maybe one person gets a contract renegotiation, and we're buying trophies. Yeah, I don't know. I, I truly don't think, I mean, let's say he gets, in the first five games, he gets seven goals and four assists. Wow, it's going to be tough. To not bring him in. I mean, again, even without Matias Almeida, this is a guy who likes San Jose. He wants to be here. This is kind of like a new look trophies, um, a new opportunity for him. So I feel like it's going to be tough not to bring him back at that point. Again, this this is a, this is a player that had 13 goals in his first season in MLS, and that's hard to do, especially in your first season. So it's it, this guy is a superstar. It's just unfortunate that. We're turning the you know a new page with this regime, and he's he might be a part of the old re- regime. Um, before we go to Jason Eli, since you asked the question, do you actually have something that you feel like would happen, or do you feel like what would it take? Um, I don't know. I feel like they're they're not mutually exclusive. Like I think, um, just you know, following him, you know, during the off season, you know, on his Instagram or whatever, I, I, he seems like he's way more disciplined. Like, I don't think I don't think he's I, I don't think he needs uh, Matias to kick him in the butt every day for him to like you know be motivated you know what I'm saying I think if if, if in the summertime you know he's leading either in the goal department or the assist department I think Leach has to like pull the trigger or figure some way to like you know either extend the loan or something towards the end of the season um, because you know he was he was our you know our biggest producer last year and you know offloading that is not is not an option you know like we we're, we're already you know we have we're, we're too deep at each position but to you know to, to lose our biggest producer is not not ideal no I, I definitely i definitely agree with that yeah he was our biggest producer and yeah you know what you're right he's not he's not the trophies lopez of old right this is a more mature trophies lopez where he's not going to name matias almeida to kind of kick him in the butt um but I know his his loan is up with six months in six months, but his his contract at Chivas is up in a year or in, in six months after that. So he technically will have to go back. He can't just like sign on a free right now and then come back in six months. That's not that's out of the cards. So but Chivas also said that he's never going to wear a Chivas kit again. So they're going to be looking to get that quick cash from a Monterrey or a Club America or some or Tigres or some big Liga Mekis club that wants to pay his transfer fee. And the transfer fee that was rumored before was was something where it you know it was going to be around that three million kind of transfer fee. Um, so we're looking at the same transfer fee that you know Philly paid for Montero. And honestly. Their look, their numbers. I know, I know. Chofis had a better first year in the goal production category, but I mean, they we're looking at similar players in in terms of all production, right? Like, like uh, goals and assists. So let's see how they work together, or let's see which one kind of pulls ahead. Um, so, but thank you for the question. Eli. That was actually an awesome question, Jose. Uh, you, you asked to speak real quickly. Uh, do you have a question for us, or do you have a comment? It's just a comment. Yeah. So go ahead. I don't know if I would keep trophies without Matias because so I'm a Chivas fan. 
So I was born and yeah. raised, seen him, <laughs> seen him perform with Matias and without Matias. It was a huge night and day. So he he's one of those guys where no Chivas fan is wanting him back anytime soon. He has the talent, which makes it even more frustrating that he sometimes lacks motivation and just doesn't do anything. And Matias seems to be the one guy that can get performances out of him. Yeah, it's it, you know, I've never heard of a kind of a situation like this where you know like in in basketball, you know, Mike D'Antoni only works with James Harden, you know, like it's just kind of such a crazy idea to think about where Chelsea Lopez really only wants to play for this guy, Dave Matias Alveda. Like, this, if, if, if you know, Chofi's ball's out, maybe we got to think about bringing Matias Almeida back. I know you guys, I know a lot of people don't want him back, but maybe this Chris Leach-Matias Almeida partnership works better than we all think. Maybe it works better without bringing in Matias Almeida's older guys or the Fierros and the and the Rioses, and, and maybe the talent in MLS is used to the travel already and playing on the Wednesdays. So, Maybe who knows, right? Like this is such a question mark season. Um, thank you, Jose, for bringing up that comment. Um, if anybody else has anything to say, please feel free to speak. And and um, I know we brought up Will. Will, what's up, man? Um, Will was one of our original hosts on Teutonic Takes, and maybe he has a couple of things to say about the season. If you if you want to go ahead and talk, please please go ahead and talk. Will are you there? No. All right. Good. <laughs> no. All good. All good. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you for your comments and Eli and Jose. Chofis Lopez is going to be a fun thing to watch this season. That's for sure. We don't know what's going to happen with him. We don't know if he's going to stay. Well, we don't even know if he's going to score the same production, right? Or score the same type of goals. So definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, anybody else have a last question before we wrap this up? Or we want to go ahead and, and, you know, say any, any last thoughts about the off season? Do we, need, do we need any kind of players to come in? Any last-second DPs? Jose, I have, a, yeah, yeah. I have a question about So what do you do with the midfield now with Montero? So yeah, where, do you right. fit, where do you fit trophies? That's that's the kind of the question mark, too. Like, does, does trophies go to the right side? I mean, if we're not playing a 3-5-2, then I can see trophies on the right as a, as a winger, and then maybe Espinosa on the left. So tons of options, especially – because you brought in Matato because he was unhappy with the, the Philly Union not giving him the respect on the lineups and, and things like that. So you got to play him. I don't think you cannot play him. So it's – I have no idea. I think we could see Chofis as a 10 and Matato as an 8. But then we brought in Jan Gregus. So it's so funny because it's like, man, we – it's like – it's almost like Matato was available and we are like, oh, snap, we already signed Jan Gregus. Like, well, okay, let's just do it anyway. You know, so it's like we're just yeah, – yeah. Stupid stack in the midfield now. Yeah, it seems like what do you do with the stable of sixes too? Because you got uh, way too many sixes now with Yule, uh, Grey Goose, and uh, Judson, and Remedi, who's still there, I think. And that's everybody. Right. And, and I think, like we were talking earlier, we might see Yule play more of a center back this year if we're the three in the back, as well as Judson kind of played all over the field last year because he was kind of out, of out of place too. He played as a right back. He played as a left back. And he even played as a center back. So... Definitely <laughs> too many question marks for sure. I mean, we're once we have that first kind of season game down, I think we're going to finally be able to see what's going on with this team. And and you know what? Almeida might change it to back to the man marking. Who knows, right? So definitely exciting. Uh, Gilberto, what's up, man? I know you're always active on the Discord, but you have any thoughts or you want to have any questions? No, just a quick thought. I uh... – I want to just kind of throw it out there. It's kind of nice that we have so many options here with Leach, man. Leach has been putting so much work in uh, yeah. just getting the players. And it, I, the one thought I hadn't really thought of and or heard, is it possible that we're getting so much midfield and end up trading one of the players to get the right back we need? Yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. I know somebody was saying that Th- these moves kind of make it seem like Yule's on his way out, or it, what? Or they're planning on something for Yule to kind of be on his way out during the summer. So it's it's it, it would seem so. I mean, if they were wingers, it would make sense, right? Like Cade Cow is gonna leave, you know, anytime soon, and that and that's why I think why Buddha came in during the draft and he kind of dropped all the way to us. But yeah, it's definitely exciting. Um, if you were willing to trade a guy, I guess thank you, Gilberto, for bringing that up, and thank you, Jose, for before and Eli. 
for asking those questions. If you were going to get to trade a guy, who would you trade? Let's start with Jason. Jason, who would you trade for that right back? Jason, you there? Oh, uh, out of one of the players we have right now? Yeah, what are the players we have right now? Um, yeah, I guess for me, it would be Yule just because of, you know, he's been out of form for, for some time. and uh, Yeah, it's, it's a tough question, but for, yeah, I guess no I would go with you. Yeah, I guess I'll go with Yule. Jackson Yule, definitely probably not get the best investment on him. Will, I saw you kind of want to speak there. Um, are you there, Will? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, what's up, Will? How you doing? What's up, man? Sorry, I know you said uh, my name earlier, but right when I uh, I try to get on, exception uh, on my cell phone, I'm trying to do this on my phone, so my bad on that one. Um, all but, good, uh, all good. Course, so, what are your thoughts, man? Yeah, I think I think we're on the consensus of Yule, and I think that's the right move, probably. Uh, I mean, I mean, depending on what the whole plan is with Matias, I mean, I don't know, man, with what's going on right now. But I think I feel like we're just doing this a year at a time with you know with with Chris and Matias and we'll see how it kind of goes. But if they're going to move a guy, it'll probably be Yule. Cause I assume that Matias probably is in love with Jackson, but, um, but who knows? Yeah. Cause I felt like, I mean, who's going to be the captain of this team, right? Like that's another thing too. If Jackson's not on the field, who's the captain? And if Shay's not playing, who's the captain? Is it going to be Jeremy Bobesy? Like, uh, I guess the boy Trophy Lopez. Come on now. <laughs> Trophies, bro. Trophies as the captain. That would be something else. Uh, thank you, Will, for your kind of your insight. We'll go back to you in a sec. But uh, Gilberto, if you had to trade a guy, who who, who would you trade? Gilberto, uh, yeah, go ahead. Good question. Uh, you know what? I don't know. I feel like I'm going against the grain here. Haji. I feel like he's the one who's got the most upside, and I feel like a lot of people might be willing to trade yeah. Uh, a player who, you know, like maybe a right back was like, oh, okay, maybe they're out of favor with us. Yeah, okay, that's a favorable trade. But I'd hate it. So, I really want to see him play for the Quakes. Yeah, 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 that, that would be a bummer. But look, look, you guys are all going to hate me. This one's going to hurt me too. But I feel like we could get the most value possibly for Benji Kakanovich right now. I think teams like a sporting Kansas City – would just probably chomp at the bit to bring in a guy like Benji Kakanovich right now since Polito went down. Um, but I feel like we could easily get the highest trade value for Benji Kakanovich right now. Anybody have a comment on, on that? Is that, is that too much of a big take? What do you guys think of Haji or, or Benji leaving? Uh, I mean, as far as Benji goes, I feel like that would be uh, a lot because we've talked about how, how much we've been needing, you know, a striker, a real goal score and give away, a young striker like that to fill in, you know, for obviously Wondolowski and what the future is. I mean, I don't know if we're all, all in and love with the Bovisi, but, you know, at the same time, giving away the youth for a right back position where we probably could get it if, you know, we spent a little more money. You know, the fact that, you know, we're, we're thinking about trading a player just because we are not trying to put money into it. But that's what I think. All right. And Saz, what do you think? Uh, I think there's something in that Japan water you need to go get checked. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, if we're looking for a quick fix, I'm fine with selling some of the big players we listed, like Benji, Kate, or Yule, if they're going to European clubs and it's growing them. But it would feel, like, really dirty to me if we just sent them to another MLS team for another MLS player some money. Um, I'm sure there's got to be someone in the academy we can get in the next year or two that might be a product Maybe another Nick Lima or just another sign and trade or uh, I mean, maybe some of these midfield I I I'm on the I I agree that right back is maybe our weakest position, even though we have a lot of options. But I just feel like we have enough to slot in there right now that I just don't want to really tamper with it. Uh but if I have to trade someone, it's gonna be uh anyone like Montanero or just anyone who's gonna be a problem in the locker room like anyone who's been annoying or just causing up problems send them away i don't want that i'd rather be losing and have that than been doing a little bit better and have all those problems but we just brought in montedo we can't get rid of him (laughs) it's the long game it's the long game you know (laughs) all right eli jose what do you guys think if you had to trade a san jose earthquakes player who would you guys trade if you guys want to say anything please please feel free so I'd be looking to offload probably one of the sixes, yeah, either Jutsen or Remedi, because I think they're both fairly up there in age, and you can probably get something for them 
in within the league, especially a guy like Remedi, who was a part of a cup-winning team. Yeah, yeah. Thinking about the season that Remedi had last year, for sure you can get something for him, especially probably more than what you paid for him, right? We, we I know we paid him on the real cheap. That's actually a great suggestion. Eli, what do you think? What, if you had to trade a, a San Jose Earthquakes player, what, what player are you trading? The year. Um, Jackson Ewell? Yeah. Uh, he kind of fell off when he went to the, the camp last year. And he yeah. hasn't kind of regained his form. Uh, his passing's not been the best. You know, he's supposed to be that Regista type player, but he's you know he 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 tried to hit the diagonal balls and it just kind of seemed like he lost all of that. And uh, you know he's a, a USM like a, a fringe or you know a borderline USMNT player, so I think we can get some cash for him. And we're stacked in the midfield at this point, so why not get rid of him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You could get some good cash for him. All right, thank you, thank you, Eli, and thank you, Jose, for kind of your takes there. Um, before we wrap this up, feel free to, if you guys want to ask a question, uh, go ahead and ask to speak and we, we can definitely get some more questions in, but if not, we'll go ahead and wrap this up and yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to wrap this up with predictions on the season where you guys think we're going to kind of end at, um, uh, what, what position in, in the league you think we're going to finish at, uh, Jason, go ahead and go first. Where do you think we're going to end in the standings? You know, I, the optimistic in me hopes that we're fighting for a playoff spot, and um, I, I think I think we'll be fighting for those. But I don't I'm not I don't think I think we'll end uh, just outside of it, just outside right. of the playoff race. Perfect, uh, Saz. What do you think? Uh, yeah, you you've sent me a DM on this, and even though this isn't going to sound like an answer, I, I think this is really going to be telling of our season. Uh, for my mental health, I'm just going to be taking it a game at a time. Perfect. Okay, no problem. And Eli, since you're up here. What do you think our prediction for the season is going to be? I'm an optimist, bro. So I I, I think we're going to get you know, one of the last uh, playoff spaces. Okay. Like the eighth uh, seed? Yeah. Not, not a little bit higher than that. Uh, like a fifth seed? Yeah, around there. I think if, you know, if our midfield can work and do what it's batting to do, I don't, you know, I think we can. I think we can ball out this year. Yeah, I, I I agree with Eli there. I think because of this Montedo kind of signing and the third DP coming finally in, I think we there's some there's some optimism here. There, we could definitely be optimistic about this team this year. Uh, personally, I think this team lines up better than it did last year on paper. Um, I know there was a lot of question marks coming into the season, like the Carlos Fierro and Andy Rios, and we really we still have some question marks to John Gray Goose and these new guys and. We'll see if that works, but I, I I agree with Eli. I think we can land into a fifth playoff spot in with this lineup, and if we if we definitely get a right back, no, oh, who knows, right? Who knows we what we can do? Um, I I think Matias Almeida is going to ball out because this is last year, and he's playing for that next contract. Um, another thing we didn't really talk about, and I know Jason has been on the First Touch podcast or First Touch Space, and they've talked a little bit about this, but Matias Almeida may not stay the whole year if, let's say, Tata Martino gets fired from Mexico. I know a lot of the guys in the first touch don't like it because the Selección Mexicana didn't like Matias Almeida, but who knows? They might be desperate to bring in a guy that's available, man. Matias Almeida is good in cup cup for, you know, formats. So definitely something to keep an eye on, too. How, how good Mexico does with their coaching situation may affect the Quakes in some sort of way. Um, but guys, thank you so much for listening to uh, our Teutonic Takes space. And we appreciate you guys, you know, with all the questions. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Jose. And thank you, Gilberto and everybody for listening today. Uh, there's there's going to be a recording of this. So if you want to listen to it, please feel free. Um, and that's it for me, guys. And all I have to say is go Quakes.